page 1067 in your church Bible. Jesus has been speaking with a Samaritan woman at the well. We come in at the end of their conversation and we see what happens next. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, who speak to you, am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, Four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Open your eyes, said Jesus to his disciples in John chapter 4, and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Now, as we look around us in Britain today, sometimes we feel that the fields, you know, don't seem very ripe. Our culture has firmly turned its back on its Christian roots, and uh, we pray for a harvest to come one day, but we sometimes, you know, don't see much sign of it. But let's be encouraged by this uh, passage from uh, John chapter 4 because uh, the disciples also were not expecting much of a harvest as they tried to hurry through Samaria. 
Now, I hope this clicker is working. No, that's, uh, uh, where, where are we? Hang on, let's get the map. No, let's, that's, sorry, here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, I might have to give up on this. No, no, here we are, Samaria, look at it. Right, yep. Uh, okay, I, yeah, I think we're sorted now. Okay, now, um, the, Jesus and his disciples, they were going from Judea in the south uh, to uh, Galilee in the north, and they had to pass through Samaria. And as it says in verse uh, 9, the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Uh, they regarded them as heretics. They tried to have as little contact as possible with them. And so Jesus' disciples certainly were not expecting a harvest anytime soon in Samaria. Uh, but uh, Jesus saw it differently. And uh, John chapter 4 tells how he met uh, a woman and uh, he started speaking to her about uh, living water. And this drew her attention and uh, she started getting quite excited. Could this be the Messiah, she said. Uh, but just at that stage, Jesus' disciples came back. They'd gone off to the nearby town to buy lunch. It was the middle of the day. They came back and they were surprised. Actually, the language really uh, is stronger than that in the original. They, they were astonished. Uh, to see him as a Jewish man talking to her as a, a Samaritan woman. Um, she saw them all arrive. She might, we felt a bit embarrassed. She dropped her water jar right where she was, hurried back uh, to the village. And then she uh, said to uh, the people there, come, this is a man who's really interesting. Could this be the Messiah? Uh, and so, meanwhile, the uh, disciples were left with Jesus, and they're brought the food and they said come on uh, have something to eat but he said to them I have food to eat that you know nothing about my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work that sentence excites me I don't know about you uh, but our food in this life is not just to get by to meet our own needs and our family's needs, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but there's a bigger purpose to which God has called us uh, because he has a mission in this world. God is a missionary God, and he calls us to be part of his purpose. So as we connect with God, hear his voice, join in with what he's doing, then we have the privilege uh, to be part of uh, his work in this world. And what a thrill, what an excitement uh, that was for Jesus, and it can be for us as well. And I think it was especially uh, thrilling for Jesus because during the three years of his uh, earthly ministry, he mostly had to focus on reaching the Jewish people because that was the first stage of the mission that after his death, resurrection, and the coming of the Spirit would ripple out stage by stage to all the nations. Um, but just occasionally, he had the opportunity to speak to non-Jewish people and to see them respond. And this example is the only one in the uh, whole uh, of the Gospels where we see uh, a large group responding. It says later, many of the Samaritans from that town believed because of the women's testimony. And then they came to him, he spoke some more, and because of his words, many more became believers. So he was seeing numbers come to Christ. And he was looking forward to the day when the Gospel would go from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And Samaria was part of that plan. So this was a little foretaste. And Jesus, too, pumped up with excitement to eat. Uh, but, you know, his disciples, you know, they weren't 
expecting anything. They weren't seeing a harvest. And so Jesus said uh, to them, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until the harvest? You know, in other words, no hurry. There'll be a harvest maybe someday, but we're not expecting anything uh, anytime soon. And he said, uh, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And indeed, the harvest was closer than Jesus' disciples thought. Now, uh, let's think about uh, Iran. Um, even as late as the 1970s, uh, missionaries speaking about Iran thought it'll be a long time till the harvest comes. Uh, what they weren't expecting was the Iranian Revolution that came in 1979 and the way the Ayatollah Khomeini uh, brought in an Islamic regime that thrust Islam down the throats of the Iranian people and uh, many of them uh, you know, turned away and they were looking for alternatives and they started turning to Christ. And that movement continues to grow today in quite remarkable ways, uh, both inside Iran and among uh, Iranians worldwide. So this is what one Iranian uh, house church leader said, if we can't find ways to disciple all these new believers, we'll have to stop evangelizing. Just imagine that. So the harvest was closer than people thought in Iran. Oh, let's uh, think of another example. Here's uh, Afghanistan. Now, that was and is a, a really tough country. In the Open Doors World Watch list, it's the second hardest place in the world uh, to be uh, Christian, second only to North Korea. Uh, but even inside Afghanistan, this place where the harvest was forbidden until recently, that book, The Forbidden Harvest, was published 35 years ago, um, thinking, you know, when can anything ever happen in Afghanistan? But even now, uh, the church is starting to go secretly inside Afghanistan and more openly outside. And uh, we told you earlier about our uh, Afghan friend and how he's come to Christ. And he connects not only, uh, you know, with us through WhatsApp video, but uh, every week he joins in an online Zoom fellowship meeting with Afghan believers uh, in Germany, Greece, uh, India, Afghanistan itself. Um, and, um, you know, we hear of terrible uh, situation for refugees reaching Europe and getting stuck in Lesbos and stuck in huge uh, refugee camps, for example. But God is working powerfully, and I'm getting news frequently of what's going on in those refugee camps as Afghan people come to follow Jesus. So remarkable, unexpected things are happening, and the harvest in the Muslim world is closer uh, than anyone was expecting um, certainly when I started getting involved 40 years ago, uh, and it continues to grow. So, uh, exciting things are happening. Let's open our eyes uh, to the harvest uh, that there is uh, around the world. And it's great that uh, on this Mission Sunday, we've got these, um, you know, eight diff 10 different displays, I think, uh, 10 different uh, uh, missions featured in here. Uh, what a lovely uh, leaflet this is. Well done. Um, and great uh, to have this opportunity to uh, connect with uh, our mission partners around the world. But what about us here in uh, Portsmouth? What's our part in uh, this mission of God? Well, firstly, uh, keep sowing and sending. Now, we don't often bring those two verbs together uh, because uh, we think of mission as being sending our partners uh, out there, crossing the oceans. Um, and we think of us, you know, here in Portsmouth. But the world now has changed. 
uh, because the nations have come to us. So uh, it's not just uh, supporting mission out there, but it's getting involved, sowing the seed right here. Uh, not just crossing the oceans, but crossing the street. Uh, and praise God that uh, there is the opportunity both to go overseas, uh, long-term or short-term, come and chat to us if you'd like to know more of the opportunities for that, uh, but also to get involved right now. And COVID, again, once again, the pandemic has opened up opportunities for that that no one would have dreamed of even two years ago. So, for example, I'm hearing of uh, Christians, uh, ordinary British Christians like you and me, not specialist missionaries, ordinary people, ordinary jobs, ordinary communities, uh, but they, through Zoom, are able to teach English to um, Iranians in Iran or Syrians in Syria um, and directly to get involved uh, in mission and through that to share the gospel and people are coming to Christ, even through what you could call armchair missionaries in the UK, if you like. Uh, in other words, people sitting at their own computer screens or smartphones right here. So, so astonishingly now, uh, the world is interconnected. So we can get involved in overseas mission right where we are. We can also get involved with reaching our neighbors where we are. Um, and a few years ago, I helped produce a course called Friendship First, which is to help uh, ordinary Christians have the confidence uh, to reach out and make friends with ordinary Muslim people and start sharing Jesus with them. So that course has been running in, in Portsmouth, and um, there's a lady called Lynn who's willing to uh, run it again if anyone would like to take part in that. I heard from her this morning. She's actually the mother of uh, one of your own uh, mission partners, Joe, uh, working in Egypt. Uh, so that's a good local connection. Uh, and let's find relevant ways to share good news. So with Muslim people, we might have one way of doing that. Uh, with uh, a secular white British person, it might be a different way. Uh, remember, we're in a post-Christian society. And this is a, a nation uh, that needs, once again, all over again, uh, to be re-evangelized. Um, but we need to find ways that are relevant uh, just as uh, Jesus found a relevant way to speak with the Samaritan woman. So what are the relevant ways for us to speak boldly, picking up a phrase from last week's sermon, uh, with those around us? Uh, it is crossing cultures, uh, but let's continue to sow the seed. Uh, secondly, let's take care of any uh, harvest uh, that we get. Remember, it's uh, the privilege of one generation to sow and another generation to reap. That's sometimes how it works in God's plan. Uh, that's what we saw with those missionaries that labored and sowed uh, for so many decades in places like Iran and Afghanistan. Um, and it may be our task in our generation mostly to sow, or we may get the privilege of reaping. So let's keep our eyes open and let's take care of any harvest that uh, we do see, grain by precious grain, one by one, investing in those individuals who come to follow Jesus. Because just starting the Christian journey is one thing, um, but keeping going so that you're growing as Christ's disciple five years, ten years down the road, and making disciples yourself, playing your part in God's plan. That's what we want to see happen in the lives of new believers. That's what I want to see happen in the life of uh, my Afghan young friend, uh, as you know, day by day I meet with him on WhatsApp video. It's not just to help him grow, but it's so that he can reach out to other Afghan people around him and play his part in God's great mission. So let's take care of the harvest, grain by precious grain. Let it not go to waste. 
uh, until uh, those people themselves uh, take their part in God's harvest field. So, that's uh, me with my friend uh, on smartphone, uh, in one hand, Bible in the other, and uh, let's take every opportunity that we have to take care of the harvest. So keep sowing and sending, take care of any harvest, and thirdly, persevere in prayer. Um, Prayer meeting this evening, for example, praying for world mission. Uh, Let's pray for our friends and colleagues, uh, those around us. Uh, Sometimes it needs perseverance. I think of a a Pakistani lady who, um, you know, her Christian colleague was praying for this Muslim lady for three years uh, consistently at, at work, and she never knew it. Uh, But then in London one day, God met her powerfully in a dream. And she today, about um, 14, 15 years later, is a powerful evangelist herself. Uh, And that Pakistani Muslim lady, uh, what sowed into her life first was her Christian colleague praying faithfully for her for three years. So let's pray for our friends and colleagues that the harvest may be closer than we think. Uh, Let's pray for unreached people groups. Now, Mahaba is a network of um, groups uh, of ordinary believers in different towns around the UK, about 70 different towns, including Portsmouth. So there is a Mahaba Portsmouth group, and it's just ordinary believers that connect uh, to pray together. It can be done over Zoom now, and to equip themselves to reach out to Muslim people uh, right here in Portsmouth. And this lady, Lynn, that I mentioned, uh, she runs the Mahaba Portsmouth group, and we'll be glad to connect you in with that opportunity if you'd like to do it. Um, let's pray for our mission partners. You've got information about them and, and get their prayer letters um, so that you can be praying, maybe not for all of them, but one or two that God puts on your heart. But let's pray too for the nations. And uh, a wonderful uh, resource is, is uh, prayercast.com. And this has um, podcasts uh, where people from different nations around the world, many, many different nations, uh, more than 100 prayer clips are there, and each clip is about three minutes. Fabulous for private use, but also fabulous in prayer meetings. It's a great way of getting somebody, uh, getting a a window with somebody from that nation to pray with them for that nation. Uh, I really recommend, they're very well edited and produced these podcasts from prayercast.com. So then, this is what a veteran missionary said after 43 years in Iran. There will be no harvest without a previous plowing and sowing and watering. Today, God wants us, his servants, to gather the stones, to plow the hard soil with deeds of love, to sow the good seed of the gospel, to water it with tears and, if need be, with the blood of the martyrs, and in patience to wait. And, you know, that was stony ground in his day. Maybe we feel it's stony ground around us today, but we are called to that same patient perseverance Uh, so that in God's good time, the long winter will pass, the snows and ice will melt, the springtime will arrive, the seed long lying dormant in the soil will sprout, and at last, the harvest will come. Amen. That's what we pray for. Let's pray now. Lord, we do long for this harvest, and uh, thank you that you do work in unexpected ways. The harvest is sometimes closer than we think. Uh, So, Father God, help us to um, have our eyes open, just as Jesus said to his disciples. Thank you that it's the privilege of some to sow and others to reap. So, Lord, whether our task is 
uh, of reaping or sowing or plowing the soil or simply removing the hard stones from people's hearts. Lord, help us to play our part in mission with perseverance. Uh, among those around us, uh, the nations that have come to Portsmouth and in supporting uh, your work through our mission partners overseas. Lord, help us to play our part in your harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.